0: Seasons of change, brothers and sisters, you know, a uh, couple of logistic things next week in person services next week in person services. If you hadn't heard before, you're hearing it right now in person plus live stream, same time. So it's going to resemble somewhat of the um, weekend services that we have here in, in that capacity. You know, we're not going to have, a, you know, like a big band and drums and all that stuff up here, but we are going to have in-person and live stream services starting next Tuesday. Looking forward to seeing your face in here or continuing to see and hear from you as you continue to watch online. We love you. Excited about having that opportunity. Well, listen, um, you ready to have some fun? You know how we do here. You can go tell somebody that they can grab their pencil and paper and begin to take some notes and let somebody else know, hey, that crazy pastor on Tuesdays is on. Go, 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 go get it on your TV or come on over here. You can watch it at my house. But again, we've been going through this series entitled Seasons of Change. And we chose this particular series because of great changes that take place and how to begin to navigate those things again, none of change or none of these navigating the change things are easy, but they are a must in life. You know, I do remember my mama kept a pair of my baby shoes as mementos when I was growing up and I remember her showing, those, showing me those baby shoes. Well, guess what, folks, no matter how hard I try, I can't get my feet back in the baby shoes. Why? Because there's been some changes. Some real, real changes. So it's important for us to understand that when change comes, how do I do that? You know, again, I can't yearn to be back in those baby shoes. I have to be comfortable in the shoes that I am in. So where then does this certain level of comfort come from? We kind of talked about it last week. It comes from focusing on Jesus. Not focusing on you or focusing on the circumstances, but focusing on Jesus because God has a way of making a river in the desert. (laughs) God has a way of changing the natural course of things. God has a way of splitting the Red Sea that allow human beings to walk across on dry land. He didn't just split the sea. He made sure that an eastwardly wind blew that would dry the land where the water used to be that would make it, Able to navigate on to make sure that the people could walk across with their carts and stuff to get across to the other side. This is the God that we're talking about today that allows us to go through change. Let me read you a little thing I have on my paper here. It says, Our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. Again, our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. If you have a intimate, close relationship with God, then he is the one that will give you comfort in things you can't control. He will give you comfort in the things that change even though you don't want them to. You know, sometimes we can be a stickler in believing I want things to happen my way. And then we fall victim to the concept of believing my way is always the right way. But if you have this intimate relationship with God, then you know your way doesn't even have a close estimation to God and what he has done. God is the creator of everything. It would be easy to submit yourself to him and let him have his way in your life and help you to navigate change. Again, our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. Today, we want to talk about a little bit about your relationship, my relationship, how intimate it is, because we're going to need that intimacy to be able to get through change. Just give you a real personal example. My wife and I used to live in California, and we came to Florida to help our daughter. And the transition from California to Florida is from the West Coast. Literally, to the East Coast, literally. So we had to make this transition. So we packed and cleaned and tried to organize and do all those things. And as long as we worked together, that particular job was okay. And then we worked with our daughter, who was our eyes out here in Florida, to help us pick a house. All of this stuff working together, this intimacy, this relationship allowed us to have comfort on the day that we left California. My wife and I in our car left California and we had mapped out stopping places all across the country. So we made those stops and, and would we'll spend the night somewhere and then get up the next day and drive some more. We made it all the way across the country from one coast to the other one based on relationships. So there was a comfort there that we were leaving someplace and going to someplace. We were leaving a destination and headed toward the destination. And the thing that allowed us to make that transition was the relationships we had with each other. Well, when we got here, some things transpired and we had to move that relationship from just being with each other to totally and 100% being on him because a whole bunch of other things took place that were way beyond our control. Are y'all with me today? So let's just go to some verses that I think will open things up for us and give us some deeper insight. Again, our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. Let's go to John chapter 14. We're going to read from the Amplified Translation. John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 16 through 18. Are you ready? Let's do this thing. And I will ask the Father. This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father and he will give you... (laughs) Another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by to be with you for the first 15 minutes after I leave. No, it doesn't say that to be with you. How long forever? forever. So you have now this comforter. Why do you need a comforter? Because the one that you had depend on physically seeing, touching, holding on to is about to depart. So he wants to make sure that God's present in earth always will be maintained. So he's going to send the third part of the Godhead to come to be in you. So you will never be out, be without the presence of God. So there's a big change about to happen, but he's going to send you what? Another comforter. A counselor. Someone that will be with you. Why do you need that? Because in the midst of change, you can get lost. You can get frightened. Frightened. You can get, you know, confused. But you have a comforter. Let's read on. It says, "This the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. And take to its heart. Because it does not ooh, see him or... Know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. So let me make sure you understand this. In the midst of tumultuous change, the world will not have the comforter. The world will not have the intercessor. The world will not have the standby, the strengthener. But you us who know Christ will have the comforter. So if we have the comforter in the midst of tumultuous change and these people do not, then our job will be to, one, know that this tumultuous change will not destroy us because we have the comforter. And then we should expand or exhibit Or have radiance of that comfort that those who need comfort can look at us and begin to be comforted. Is that making sense to anybody today? But you've got to have that relationship. Better yet, do you know Jesus? Not like biblically. I I read his name in the Bible. I know how to spell it. You know, (laughs) I... I memorized some of the stuff he says. No, do you know him? No meaning. Do you have some experience that he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords? Do you have some experience in that? So do you know him? Do you know that he is the one who brings you through things? If you do know that, then there's comfort in that. So in the midst of tumultuous change, you have comfort. You don't always have vision of where you're going. You don't always know how the thing is going to work out, but you have comfort because you have the comforter. Somebody say amen. So it's good to be able to deal with that because that gives you the strength to be able to go on. Let me keep keep reading. It says, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. What an incredible promise. What an incredible promise from God. So this in the the midst of this intimate relationship, you know that you have not been forsaken. Oh, man, it may feel like you've been forsaken. It may feel like like he's left you. But hear me in nine times out of ten, it's basically because things are not happening the way you want them to happen listen your comfort cannot reside there your comfort must reside in the comforter not in what you feel makes you comfortable but in the comforter because you may have to experience some suffering some shame some 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 some, some everything you may have to experience those things in the midst of those things you've got to know that the comforter promised that he would never leave you comfortless I hope this is making sense to you today. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to just take some time and take a deep breath and check yourself out. What is it that I'm leading my ladder of trust on? What wall is that? Am I leaning it on this comforter? Or am I leaning it on the fact I want things to be the way I want things to be? Can I tell you a secret? Life is not always going to work out the way you want it to. So what are you going to do? Are you going to blame people? Are you going to be vengeful and angry and upset? Are you going to be bitter? Or are you going to be comforted by the comforter? In your relationship with him, submit yourself to him. Lord, I don't know how to navigate this right now. I'm not liking it. I'm not feeling great about this. I don't want this to take place. But Lord, I trust you. So in the midst of this change, in the midst of this situation, I'm not going to look at the change. I'm not going to be confused by the change. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look to you. And I have to trust you because you promised that you would never leave me comfortless. So that means there has to be something in this situation that actually benefits me because you promised that you would take all things and turn them into good for those that love you. So Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. and um, And we'll see if we can reinforce this concept just a little bit more. I pray God this is making sense to you today. Man, the relationship with Christ is so vitally important in these times of change. Isaiah chapter 61, beginning to read at verse number one. It says, The spirit of of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring what? Good news to the who? Humble and afflicted. To bring good news. He's been anointed for this. He has sent me To bind up the wounds of the broken hearted. Now we know we're not talking about your literal heart. Because if your literal heart was broken, the story would be over. Because you'd be dead. (laughs) But we're talking about your emotional want, your emotional desire. To have things work out the way you want them to work out or have things happen the way you want them to happen and they don't. So you're broken hearted because your desire is not met the way you want it to be met. So what do you do when your desire is not met the way you want it to be met? Then you have to go to the one that heals the broken hearted. You can't try to force The circumstances or the changes to fit your circumstances to make you comfortable again, you must allow the comforter to make you comfort, comfort, comfortable in the midst of tumultuous change. Is this making sense? It's hard to make this transition, but it's important that we do that. See, right now, we want to control the way things are going. We want to control the way people are reacting. We want to put labels on people and say, this group is this, and that group is this, and this is happening because of them, and that's happening because of that. You can't control all that stuff, even if you do your best to label it all. (laughs) Those labels are just yours. God, the comforter, is doing his best to comfort everybody in every one of those categories. Why? Because he wants every person to come to him. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So our job is to make sure that those people meet God. Change is not you trying to fix it. Change is allowing God in the midst of change to change you, which then allows you, to help change others. Is that making sense to y'all today? Let me let me move on. It says to proclaim released from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to the prisoners. This is what our call is. Not that you feel comfortable. You know we have turned the concept of church to a salad bowl with ranch dressing on it. Lettuce, tomatoes, all the salad, all the vegetables in together in a bowl and then we just pour a ton of ranch dressing all over the salad. And after a while, you don't taste the salad. You don't taste all the different vibrant vegetables in there. All you taste is ranch salad dressing and then you become comfortable with ranch salad dressing and you want everything everywhere you go to taste like ranch salad dressing well God said I'm going to give you some olive oil and you put olive oil on your salad And that olive oil will enhance all of the different vegetables so you can taste each one as you put it in your mouth. That there becomes this vibrant coordination of different tastes. See, this is what God has called us to. He said he's going to have people from every tribe, from every nation coming together. How does that happen? You're going to have to get out of the salad bowl of the ranch dressing and allow yourself to step into the salad bowl of olive oil and be around different experience change for what for you and the glory of God. So we have to bust up these things that we call comfort churches. And we do this because here we go. We label them. Oh, I don't, I won't go to that church because they're liberal. Well, I won't go to that church because they're conservative. Well, I don't go to that church because they don't know what they are. I won't go to that church because they speak in tongues. I don't go to that church because it's us. And we just keep doing this thing. And what are we doing? Just continuing to separate each other. So what if God called you to the liberal church? Oh, I couldn't go there based on what they teach. Do you know God? Did you take God with you when you went? Let me just, this sidebar, this is free. I remember going to the academy for the sheriff's department. And in the academy, I remember being trained by officers, training officers, TOs. And then I remember graduating. And I remember my first night on duty. Again, you're young, so you have to, well, I wasn't all that young, but you're young to the to the force, so you have to work night shift. So I arrived that night, and my uniform is pressed, my boots are shined, and they d- uh, assign me this locker. I go to my locker, and I change. And I had this mindset of being Clark Kent in my civilian clothes and Superman in my uniform. So I'm working in the jail at this particular time, so I change into my uniform. I put my Clark Kent clothes in the in the in, in the uh in the locker. Shut the door. My training officer was standing there and I said, "Okay, I'm ready." He said, "Don't you have a lock for your locker?" And I looked at him and said, "Isn't this the officer's locker room?" And he laughed at me. He said, "Yeah, but if you don't have a lock for your locker, it's going to be empty when you come back." And I learned that night just because somebody went to the academy and just because they wore a uniform didn't mean they were honest, didn't mean they had integrity. I'm I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure you understand this. So we were all there in the same uniform. We were all there working on the same shift, supposedly for the same cause. But there was a lack of integrity going on. There was this lack of trust that was happening. Oh, I sure hope you all understand me today. This has been going on in many different places just because everybody looks alike. Everybody talks alike. That doesn't mean that everything is great. You need to mix this thing up. God does. He wants us to mix this thing up. Let me go on with this thing. I I pray God this is making sense to you. He says to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God to do what? Comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion the following. To give them a turban instead of dust on their heads. A sign of mourning. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of expressive of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So they will be called the tree's... Of righteousness. Strong and magnificent. Distinguished for what? Integrity. Justice. And right standing with God. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Then. They will rebuild. The ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations and they will renew the ruined cities the desolations deserted settlements of many generations it's going to require change in us through god to change situations it it boggles my mind when we complain about situations. You know, I shared this before I'll share it again. In eighteen sixty five, in June of eighteen sixty five, they come across this lady who was a hundred years old. And in eighteen sixty five was the Emancipation Proclamation. Now it was actually signed I think in April, but the information didn't get to this lady until June, therefore we practiced the Juneteenth celebration. Well, she was 100 years old when she got the news that she was free. And they interviewed this lady and they asked her, how do you feel? And her response was, I always knew God was going to save me. So in the midst of incredible change in life. Incredible slavery, incredible facts of losing children, and all of those kinds of things. She kept her eye on God. That when the good news came, it was good news for her. It healed and restored her broken heart. She said she knew God was going to free her. Now, that's after 100 years. Brothers and sisters, we get mad in five minutes. Because situations or circumstances don't work out the way we want them to. Have a relationship with God. He will give you the patience to follow him. And he will guide you in places where you don't get a chance to see the finish line. But you run the race with endurance. You put blinders on and you just run the race. He will determine where the finish line is. He will determine success along the way. Because that's what God does. And along the way he will comfort you. Let's go to another verse, Hebrews chapter 11. I pray God this is making sense. Comfort and change comes for our relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. I'm not going to keep you long today. It says, the spirit of God, the master, is on me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't read that verse, did I? That's the last verse in Isaiah. The spirit of God, the master is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you have it, starting at verse number one, if you don't have it, I can improvise. So hear me. This is what it says. It talks about a cloud of witnesses. It talks about some folks who have experienced because of faith. A relationship with God or a relationship with the comforter. And because of that, they have been able to become an example to you and I. So it says it's by faith that they become this cloud of witnesses to us. Faith meaning trusting, relying on, depending on something that they can't so much see. But faith is the substance of things help hurt Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So these cloud of witnesses become examples to us. I need us to really get this because if this cloud of witnesses became examples to us, the art of being an example has not stopped. They weren't examples because the situation was light. They were examples because of what God had done in their lives and pulled them through situations. Let's read this real quick. It says... The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we what? Can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished, I love this, our ancestors set them above the crowd. Again, Pastor Ben is trying to make sure we understand. In the midst of tumultuous change, somebody is always watching. Somebody is always looking. Somebody is always in need of comfort and direction and help. We have been promised to never be comfortless. We have the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby, the comforter who lives in us. So in the midst of this tumultuous change, there will be people who need that. So there'll be people who are watching and then we become then the examples that they watch. Not the examples of what we say, but the examples of what we do. Oh, y'all got to hear me today. I think this is very, very important. They, these ancestors of ours, these Witnesses; These people showed us what life was like to depend on a God when they didn't know where they were going. Let me read on a little bit further. It says, by faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. Wow. What we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. Abel didn't know what a better sacrifice was. He had no idea which one would be better or which one would not. He knew from his heart what he would like to give to God without any strings attached, without any plans, without any secondary stuff. Listen to me. It is so important for us to get the clarity of this. He gave from his heart. No strings attached. I'm not giving because I want something back. I'm not giving because I'm trying to move you. I'm not giving something because I'm trying. I just gave to you from my heart. Listen to me. By the act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he, what believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. I could preach on this all day long. We have fallen into this system of trying to impress God by what we bring. By what we do. Instead of by our hearts. How does this affect change? We stop depending on God to comfort us. We try to massage the situation that the situation will then bring us comfort instead of God. If the person that I voted for didn't get elected, therefore I have no comfort. If the person that I voted for got elected then I have comfort. And neither one of those scenarios actually present or provide eternal comfort. They present or provide four-year comfort, sometimes even less. (laughs) I I hope y'all are understanding me today. We are examples to others. We are. People see us. So there are people out there reading all day long, and they need us to guide them to the comforter. Let me read on. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from Faith, apart from trusting him, apart from depending on him for comfort, apart from depending on him for guidance, apart from depending on him that he will take care of you. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he what exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. How's your relationship today? How was your relationship today? Hmm. Why is this important? The caption says, our comfort in change comes from our relationship with God. So in change, because change is inevitable, where then does my comfort come from? From God. It doesn't come from the fact I get my way. Where things work out the way I want them to. When we were in the military. My daughter, very young at that time. Began to date. And there were a couple of young soldiers that came around. And man, I was excited. I bought a couple of them. And I just knew you should marry that one. And then another one again. Now, you should marry that one. Why? Because he gave me comfort. It made, I'm trying to think that this guy would do this and this guy will do that. Let me tell you all something today. Are you ready? I am so glad that God or that my daughter decided to marry who she wanted to marry instead of who I wanted her to marry. So what has to happen to us even now today? In the midst of change, no need getting bitter because bitterness does not come from a result of a relationship to God. Our relationship to God produces peace, joy, happiness. A relationship of trying to get your own way produces division, hate, and all of those other things. Are y'all with me today? Praise the Lord. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians and we're going to close this bad boy out today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to begin to read at verse number 16. Hallelujah. I want to thank my tech people for finding that Hebrews and putting it up there. I appreciate that. Folks taking good care of me. I, I really appreciate that. Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And God, our father, who has loved us and given us everlasting comfort and encouragement and the good, well-founded hope of salvation by his grace. (laughs) Comfort and encourage and strengthen your hearts. Keeping them steadfast and on course in every good work and word. Everlasting comfort. Relationship. relationship, 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 relationship. Christ never came to give us a religion, He came to share with us a relationship. It's through that intimate relationship with him that you get the strength to be steady in a time of tumultuous change. Jesus got in the boat and told his disciples, we are going to the other side. And they got in the boat with him. Jesus went down under the boat and went to sleep. A storm arose, tumultuous change arose and they forget what jesus said and for a few seconds i'm sure they were trying their best to control the uncontrollable they were trying their best to you know to bring order to this tumultuous change that was happening and they reached a point that they lost all confidence in themselves and then they ran down and woke up Jesus and Jesus responded to them. "O oh, ye of little faith, because Jesus is reminding them in the midst of the storm. You should have remembered what I told you that we were going to the other side. And when I say something, nothing in the world can stop it. Because you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you are his child. We are the children of God. And nothing can change that. Let me say that again. Nothing, no thing can change that. Our job in this midst of tumultuous change is to go and help others find our comforter. How do we best do that? When I walk in the midst of tumultuous change, I got to walk with comfort knowing that this change is not going to change me. I come to change it because the change maker lives in me. He's in my boat. He is the one that is in me that will speak to the storm. He will speak to the rain. He will speak to the wind. He is in me. So I stand here to let you look at me as a witness of somebody who has faith in the comforter, not faith in my ability to change the circumstance, but faith in my comforter who can change all circumstances. Somebody say amen. Brothers and sisters, I am so excited to be able to hopefully give insight to this time and what we need to do. I am so excited about having this opportunity in the season of change to speak these words to you. So let me just let you know right now, as I close this thing today, this will be my last official sermon here for Tuesday church. I have now moved to Delan and I am the full-time pastor at the Delan campus. On Tuesday, August 10th, when we come back for in-person, I'll be here, but I'll be here to help make the transition from me to our next Tuesday church pastor who will do a fantastic job. This service will continue with excitement and with power and with direction. And I'm excited about that. But at the same time, I'm excited about what God has called me to do in the land. So if I could sing well, I'd sing you, the old spiritual that says, I ain't no ways tired. No ways tired. I am excited and full of strength. You know what I've shared with you here in this place. That if there ever was such a thing as a death angel, he's going to be wore out, rag tag, tore down by time he catches up to us. Because we are adding more years to our life. And more life to our years. We are today the new Caleb's in town. We are the ones say, give me that mountain. The one up there where the giants are where all the opposition is. Give me those mountains. That is us. That is your pastor. And that is the pastor that's going to the land. I am excited about being able to have served you for this time period, but I'm looking forward to what God is going to continue to do in Tuesday Church, but also super excited about what God is going to do in D-land. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Look forward to seeing you next Tuesday at In-Person Tuesday Church. God bless.